Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast episode 101 for this March 8th, 2020, International Women's Day. Also, daylight savings, we lost an hour. So a good day because of the Women's Day and a bad day because we lost an hour. Terrible day because <laughs> of the hour. If we were wondering why this day was getting off to a late start, that's why we just lost an hour. That is why. My name's Neil. Oh, yeah. That's Jason. I'm Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I am recovering from a nasty flu, not coronavirus yeah. I, that I know of anyway. Um, better not be. I've had it for a week. Um, I started feeling better Friday, but I've got this crazy cough and like this mucus that's just in my throat that just can't seem to get out of my system. So hopefully I don't cough too much in this. We'll try to edit, edit it where we can. Um, so yeah, let's get into this. Right off the top, I wanted to stay, say that we're going to be doing some highlight videos on the YouTube channel of this podcast. So those highlight videos are going to be segments of topics we have in the podcast that we talk about. So like if we spend 20 minutes talking about XYZ, then maybe we'll release that as a separate video to attract new people into the podcast channel. So if it's if you listen to our podcast and then you see the highlight videos after, there's nothing new for you there. Don't just don't waste your time in watching them. That's mainly to attract new people who do searches into YouTube and, and attract them to the channel. Yeah, not everyone has time to watch an hour, an hour and 20 minute podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe someone has a really, really busy week and they can't watch the podcast like they usually do. But uh, worst case scenario, they can catch the highlight videos throughout the week. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's you're right. So it's mainly for to bring new people in who don't don't know about the podcast or for people who just are short on time and they they see a topic that yep. we talk about that maybe they're interested in. There's a couple of things Neil wanted to say off the top before we get into things, so I'll let him do that and then we'll jump right in. Yeah, I just want to mention I know it pops up on all of my videos on the bottom at the beginning uh, on on the Post Post Productions channel, but uh, I I don't mention it in the podcast and I probably should. If you guys want to save twenty dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek, all you, all you need to do is use use the code uh, Post to Post. And uh, save yourself twenty bucks. So I, I should be mentioning that more because I, th- I mean a lot of people go to games and concerts and everything, and uh, SeatGeek is a popular site. So it's, yeah, save it's, twenty bucks, save twenty bucks, save twenty bucks. Yeah, and it's a good way to uh, support us. And uh, thank you for that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that I have partnered with a jersey company and uh, a very prominent jersey company, and that means a lot of great things for you guys. It means giveaways, it means discounts, and it means you also get to support me through collecting jerseys, which you're going to do anyway. So uh, it's pretty cool. I'm working with the kinks. There's a couple of, of little things I need to wrap up um, to get it going, but that should be announced hopefully Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of this week, depending on how it goes. So you guys can keep an eye out for that. I have a, a jersey unboxing to do. I bought my first Pro Stitch jersey, and I'm, I, I already filmed it. Super excited about it. Can't wait to show you guys that. I, I posted a sneak peek on Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, it's to, uh, at post to post show. And uh, so you guys will see that jersey. You will see the announcement in that video. And yeah, pretty excited for it. And the last thing I have to say before we actually get into the main topics here is that remember a couple of days ago when I said that I had, I had a gift for you? Yes. Um, kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I have that here and I'd like to give it to you if that's okay. Oh no, <laughs> I'm nervous. When I walked in, you asked me what was in the bag. Yeah, he said a laptop and a phone. Foam. Oh, foam. I thought you said a phone. I said, who puts their phone in a bag? Well, Joey was here last week with a bunch of jerseys. And I know you need a new Boston jersey. Oh, no way. Really? So I found that one online. Now, I didn't put a name. I didn't get a name or number on the back because I didn't know who you wanted. And that's actually why I asked you that last night. Because I actually don't know who your favorite player is off Boston. So I got a blank, and when you're ready to put a name and number on it, just let me know, and I'll pay man, to get it done. Man, I got some post-to-post merch, peeps. Post-to-post merch. That's awesome. 
The awesome Boston third jersey. Yeah, the one with the nice collar. I wasn't sure what size to get, but uh, I got a large, so yep. that should be That's what I'm should all be about. good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no worries. You deserve it. Hmm. Let's do it. Okay, so right off the bat, we got to talk about coronavirus because it's everywhere. It's It seems like every day there's more steps being taken or more things being canceled or reduced. Um, we got a lot of people out there that say, are saying that too much is being made of it. And another group that's saying, well, it's better to err on the side of caution. So before we even jump into it, wh- which side are you on right now? I I find myself going back and forth mm-hmm. and it changes it changes by the day. I'm I'm trying so hard not to be influenced by the general media, which I think is overplaying this to get views and to not necessarily cause a scare or cause a panic, but I th- I think they're just doing it because they know people are listening. They know people mm-hmm. want to hear about that stuff, so they're taking advantage a little bit on the headlines and and the stories. So that's just how most media companies are now though, yeah because fear sells right yeah exactly so I, I actually track the coronavirus every single day i have a website that shows me a, a map globally and in for which country that there's like circles for every country and it sh- shows you how serious it is in each part of the world i don't know the, the website name off the top of my head but it's i think we're up to one hundred seven thousand cases globally with over 35 or 3,500 people killed so far or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's a hard topic to talk about because there are so many things that it affects when it comes to the NHL mm-hmm. and hockey in general. So I'm I'm trying to be optimistic in the sense that I, I think that it's being overblown a little bit, but I, I can understand some of the decisions when it comes to players, like not allowing... NHL players to interact with fans as much or at all. I don't know how I feel about them potentially removing all the fans from the arenas for upcoming games. And we'll get into that mm-hmm. as well. But I, 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 I struggle going back and forth. Like I, th- I don't think we should sit by, back and do nothing because that would be, that would be uh, lazy. Mm. I think it's better to be proactive than reactive. Yeah. It, <clears throat> now canceling the women's, tournament in in uh nova scotia that's coming up because of the coronavirus i think that's a bit of an overreaction and that was done at the request of the cdc yeah that was their recommendation because even places like san jose the i don't know what his title is he's like the public health regulator whatever he's recommending that large-scale gatherings like sporting events should not be happening right now and so it's a recommendation that they don't do it and obviously san jose still had games this weekend um but that Apparently that individual can change that from a recommendation to a mandate, which legally prevents them from really? having those. So he can actually step in and say, no, you're not having fans in the arena. Interesting. And I know that's happening in other places around the world for other sports and soccer and stuff in Italy. And, mm-hmm. and I think actually, I think all major sporting events in Italy at the moment don't have fans. Yeah. Correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. But. Yeah, no, no, we'll get into it. So, so right now, here's the impact on the NHL. So the NHL employees who are employees of the league, not club employees, so not like scouts and stuff like that, but people who actually work for the league, um, <clears throat> they're not allowed to have international travel right now outside of North America. Which is an issue because NHL is putting such a, a that's right a push on international, gr- or growing the game internationally, specifically in China. Mm-hmm. So um, they said if their employees travel by their own choice, if they go on vacation or if they do their own thing, they have to self-quarantine for two weeks. Um. It was reported that they were going to close the locker rooms to all the media. So like after the game, they have the scrums. Uh, they weren't going to let people in there. And 
I read this on like 15 different websites yeah. and even this morning it's still saying it, but Gary Bettman came out with a statement last night that said this is not yet the case, but could change in the future. But if you look at this online, there's so many different articles saying that they are closed. And, then, and re- then Bettman's coming out saying the earlier reports say stating that we are closing locker rooms are not completely accurate because it hasn't happened yet, but it may happen. Maybe it was a recommendation and not a, a mandatory. I don't know. Maybe that maybe like because I think Elliot Friedman was the first person I seen that put it out and he said they're going to be doing this. Mm. How do you feel about that? I'm OK with that. Like I'm OK with it regardless of the virus, because interviews after games are the worst interviews in like any sport. Like it's the most generic softball questions. Um, you, you, hey, you guys did really good tonight. Uh, how do you think your team played? Uh, you just answered it in your own question. You wet tit. Like, like <laughs> I'm fine with no interviews, player interviews. Like, and, in between and I mean, periods, they're, ha- they're half dressed. They're walking around. Like, you know, they're what? sweaty. Yeah. Like, just it doesn't even. I don't even need to see that. Interview them but, at practice. But or, they're still going to do the interviews. They're just having them in the press room. Yeah. So, so yeah, all the um, all the interviews, if they do close the uh, locker rooms, are still going to happen in the press room. So they're just going to have like a table set up, kind of like they do in the playoffs, and like, have a couple players and a coach or whatever, and you can ask them questions. It's just not going to be full access that the the media is used to. I, I think that's fine, fine because I mean, in the locker room, like you said, they're <laughs> they're sweaty. Like there's a lot of random fluids going around yeah. in the locker room. So I, I think that's a, a smart decision to mm-hmm. be proactive. So uh, Bettman says the NHL is staying on top of all things and they're aware of the po- all the possible alternatives that they may have to deal with and they are ready to implement all those alternatives if they are something they have to react to. So on Hockey Night in Canada last night, they had a little bulletin board come up with three points of the contingency plans. So number one was they have asked all teams to, for available build, building dates later in April in case some of their games have to be postponed, which, I mean, depending on how bad this gets in certain situations, there could be a lot of games postponed. Like, I don't... It gets really complicated. Like, like postponing seems like it wouldn't really be a great option if this is going to be a long term thing, which I think it's going to be. It's it's yeah, it's going to be a long term thing. Like the, this is happening at the worst times. Yeah. Fifteen games left until the playoffs. <laughs> like uh, I don't know. Um, they have lined up potential neutral site venues in case only specific regions become unsuitable to play. And as before, I kind of said San Jose. So if the if the guy steps in and says, "Nope, you're not playing games here anymore." Mm. The NHL is looking for a neutral site that San Jose can play in and some similar situations to that. The good news is about San Jose is they're not going to be playing any games yeah, in the, the postseason. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the Finally, the last one is they discussed playing in empty arenas as a worst case scenario, which is just something that you mentioned earlier. I think that's it's weird and it sucks financially for the obviously the city that they're playing in. But uh, it's smart. I mean, re- realistically, it's pretty smart to you're bringing in 20,000 people who are all interacting and buying food and mm-hmm. touching. You're sitting close together in these little seats and stuff. And like you were telling me the other day, there was one of the concession stands operators actually had the coronavirus and he was handing food out to people. Yeah, I can't remember what sport that was or where. I think it was in L.A. maybe or something like that. I can't remember. I, I can't remember. But it like, yeah, I mean, it's it's preventative. It's smart. It's going to be weird to see those games on TV when someone scores a goal and no one cheers. Yeah, that's going to be really strange. It's going to look like the Winter Classic kind of because you don't really see any fans when it's top down. But then it's going to be so quiet and the horn's going to go off. But will they still play the horn? Like, do they still celebrate? I think they still celebrate. I don't think they play the horn, though. Who are they playing the horn for? They're playing it for people at home, I guess. Do they play the goal song? Yeah. Do they play music in between whistles? (laughs) I don't know. 
Is there an announcer? It's interesting. I don't know. Like, I almost don't want this to happen, but I kind of do just to see what would happen. Is there a national anthem? Yeah. I assume that there probably would be a national anthem just because it's tradition, but... And I was oh. reading something, I don't have it in my notes, that they were saying that some of the players may start taking the anthems in the tunnels. In the tunnels? Yeah, so that didn't really make sense to me, but what? I didn't put that in my notes because it didn't really make sense. You're not going to get sick through music. Like, I don't know if they just didn't want them out in the ice or like, I'd, pff, it doesn't make sense. That's what they're playing. So, hmm. okay. So staying on top of this coronavirus, this is what other leagues have done. And a lot of this we've already brought up. So the IIHF canceled the Women's World Hockey Championships, which was March 31st, April 10th in Halifax. And like I said, that was due to because of recommendations from the CDC and Health Canada. Uh, at the moment, Atlanta Canada doesn't have any no. coronavirus cases. It would be terrible if that was the thing, the event that caused Atlanta Canada to get it. So I understand, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't cancel the men's one. I don't know if you said that or not. I, I think it's on there. Yeah, so because that is in May. Uh, it says the men's world hockey championship, which is scheduled to be played May 8th to 24th in Switzerland, has not yet been canceled. He's going to wait until March 15th before making additional comment. However, he did say if there are no crowds, they will not play. Yeah, I mean. That was Rene Fazel, who's the president of the IHF. They have the luxury of having a little bit more time on their hands to mm-hmm. see how this plays out. But, I mean, Europe is in yes. turmoil right now so with the virus. jumping so. on that, says Europe and Asia sporting events are being canceled or being played without fans. So you got like 110,000 capacity soccer stadium mm. with nobody in it. Just eerie and weird to me. It's very strange. It's, it's very strange. And this is off topic, but I just read before I came here that Japan is offering interest-free loans to companies um, because of the... You know, people yeah. aren't buying as much. The employees are staying home. Yeah. There's, you know, it's, it's, if he, all these companies who are all suffering the same problems. Well, there's a lot of weird things happening. Like they said, China's greenhouse gases are down 25% because manufacturing just get killed by this. Yeah. It's, it's, it has such like a st- Stock markets effect. are getting jammed. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's obviously impacting more than just sports, but. Yeah. Oh, I also read something else. If you're into stocks and stuff, cruise, Lines are way down at the moment. <laughs> if you're going to buy, buy now for cruise ships because it's a good time, apparently. Um, the last point I think I have here is the NBA has informed teams that they may have to play their games without spectators. And LeBron James came out and said, if there's no fans, I'm not playing. Whoa. He said, I, he said, I, every game I've played, I play for the fans. If there's no fans, I ain't playing. What about the fans at home, which is the majority of the fans? I, I guess it doesn't matter. He said, no fans in the arena, I ain't playing. How, what's his threshold? Did he say like if? Well, I don't know because it's. I think it's either a full arena or none. I don't think there'd be like a. I don't think they're going to limit the amount of fans. I think they're going to. Well, it's a good thing the the uh, LeBron James doesn't play for the Ottawa Senators. Can you imagine if they limited the amount of fans and they just said you have to sell, you have to have at least three seats between you and another party that's not with your party, so you're able to sell your capacity, but you have to have three or two or three space seating. Hmm. Like, I wonder if they do something like that where you can fill half your arena or you can fill a quarter of your arena or if it's just like, nope. Because I think technically they want anything over 10. In San Jose, it's anything over 10,000 they want canceled. Hmm. I think it's 10,000. That's a good question. I don't. How do you police it? It would just it would just be up to the they would have to make certain seats available on Ticketmaster. And then so if you had to say two seats in between people, if a guy or a husband and wife went to a game who are traveling to the game together, so but they, still have to sit two seats. No, away they would sit. They would sit beside each other because they're a party. But, oh, okay. you, but between you and another party, you have to have so many oh, okay. seats away. <clears throat> and maybe you can't have someone directly behind you and in front of you. Right, either. It's like staggered or whatever. Yeah. So they'd have to figure out the puzzle 
Like that just seems like a headache to me. That's such a headache. But like, what's going to happen? Like, it's good that they're looking at neutral zone sites for for places like San Jose, um, because I mean, if you play even you know five games, maybe the health guy steps in and says no, no more games here. Mm. So you have to play those five games mm. without fans. Like that's a lot of ticket revenue you're losing. Oh, I, and think about the playoffs. And does it affect the cap? Like if we start playing games with no fans in the stadiums, that's going to affect hockey related revenue. Does that affect the projected cap for next year? Because they're projecting um, how much money they're going to make, and based on that projection, that's what they're setting the cap for. Yeah, which that's we'll get a into. really good point. I think you're probably right. Like, I don't know how much we're, we're talking. Um, like, you could be talking a million dollars plus per game, depending on market. It depends. Like, some markets obviously weigh less. Places like Toronto obviously weigh more. It's. I mean, with playing on a neutral site, we kind of talked about this last night off camera, but. If this happens in the playoffs and they're cutting out fans from from playoff games and they're playing at a neutral site, if they played every single game, every single playoff game in the same arena and staggered the time and had every player in the same hotel, all the players in the same hotel and had like just the entire league quarantine to, it didn't matter. It doesn't really matter what arena it's in. It doesn't have to be an NHL arena. It could be in... Quebec City. Yeah, as long as it's it regulation size and Fredericton here, like yeah. it's it, any place that can hold cameras or is already state, you know, equipped with mm-hmm. camera technology or whatever. Um, it, that's probably going to be good enough. So that's going to be so strange if that happens. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because what if it's only sectional? What if Boston can't play games with fans? But Edmonton, you know, things are fine in Edmonton. Edmonton can play games with fans. That, See, like, that's not really fair. That's what I think this is going to be. I don't think it's going to be a blanket. It's going to be, okay, San Jose, you can't play with fans. I mean, the NHL is literally just going to have to... But it sounds like to me that they're playing without fans was their third contingency option. The second option was the neutral site. So it sounds like they would move the games to a different arena before they would play without fans. Because I guess that helps with the ticket revenue, but you're not going to necessarily sell what you would have normally because it's not your home team fans going there. It's some other plays that could be nowhere near the so, original. If they move, so we'll say San Jose plays Ottawa. Mm-hmm. They move San Jose, Ottawa, the game that was supposed to happen in San Jose, we'll say they move it to Boise, Idaho. Okay. Where maybe things aren't critical there. Mm-hmm. Do they still pack the arena with fans there? It would depend on the local market whether they want to go to that game or not. I guess, but... Yeah, I assume their neutral site would be a place that they could fill to capacity. Or they would allow so to fill it to capacity. They would move it with the intentions of still selling tickets. They wouldn't move it and then also play in an empty arena. No, I don't think... I, th- I think if they were going to play in an empty arena, they'd stay they'd in just, the home arena. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. why would you... So yeah. they're basically looking for a neutral site... <clears throat> And then I think the third contingency kicks in. Okay, the neutral site's not working, or there is no safe place to play with fans anymore. Mm. Maybe like the health person for the entire night in the United States just comes out and says, nope, no more large gatherings over 10,000. And then they'll just stay at home and play without fans, which will obviously impact financial things. I wonder, yeah, I don't know. The question is, do you think we're going to get to that point? It would be interesting. Like in a way, it's kind of, well, it's not good. Like there's only... 15-ish games, plus minus, you know, 17, whatever, left. And then there's playoffs. So the playoffs could be impacted for sure. But if this was like November and we had the whole rest of the season to look 
look at. Oh, we geez. could be looking at significant games played without fans or neutral site. Yeah, it's it's good and bad timing in a way. I think that I don't know. It's it's hard to predict. It's hard to say. I I think there's going to be a bi- a bigger break in between regular season and playoffs. Usually, I think we have like five or six days, but from the end of the season on Saturday, and I think it starts on like Thursday or Friday mm-hmm. or whatever of this upcoming week. I I think we're going to see a bigger break in between there while they figure stuff out. I don't think we're going to have everything ready to go by then. I think because because of the way that it's snowballing. I mean, the United States went from like 200 cases to 467 cases, or whatever, in the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the map. It's not just in on the coasts anymore. It's it's scattered all around Boston inward. It's 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 in Minnesota. It's in Michigan. There's like Seattle, little dots yep. everywhere all around the United States now. So it's it's just going to snowball. And I mean, another thing that I didn't write in my notes is it's also affecting Seattle's um, preparation to sell season tickets. So they said they may delay selling their season tickets now because they wanted to give fans a chance to come to the arena and actually look at the seat in person like hey if you're going to come and spend 10 plus thousand dollars you know we want to give you the opportunity to to come and meet us and to individually pick your seats in person and if you can't do that because of this virus or if you're scared to come out then we might just delay doing that which is what they're talking about Hmm. interesting i wonder if this whole virus thing just changes the way that people or little things work in general like um dryers when you like or not dryers like hand dryers after mm-hmm. you wash your hands in the bathroom some of them are push bacon push some of them are push button, censored push button get bacon <laughs> remember the symbol it's like gonna push oh, and yeah, like yeah. little lines coming out it's like push button get bacon and hand soap like you get you press it to get the hand soap mm-hmm. some of them are motion censored yeah i wonder if i will like we'll see that just be removed entirely from everywhere where it's mandatory government say listen if you have a public restroom you need to have censored toilets mm-hmm. censored soap censored whatever there's there's so many little things that trickle down from this virus that could change mm-hmm. in a global perspective in an in, like in an individual perspective like it's just there's so many little threads to go on I mean we could really talk about this for an entire podcast about yeah. the coronavirus and, and what could put, potentially happen I, yeah like I don't even know how long we've been talking for but we've only been covering <laughs> one angle of it which is the sports angle yeah. specifically hockey like we haven't talked about you know, the political, the financial, you know, the impact on people's lives. Like this is a definitely. And there's some sports where like NASCAR. And it is, I, it is affecting NASCAR. There, there are some like, would NASCAR races still go on? I think they would because there's some uh, tracks that don't just even get and barely any attendance mm-hmm. anymore. So I think, I think some sports will go on and See, some sports I don't will think, kind of hold off. I don't think NASCAR would be impacted that much because I don't think the racers are aware of the crowd really. Like, yeah, it, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're in a fast car. They're paying attention to their laps, their turns and stuff like that. It's loud. Like it's a lot different when you're like on the NBA, when you have fans sitting three feet off of courtside and you're yeah the, the home momentum is getting you going like you know home games and football and stuff like that like that makes a big difference if it's a quiet arena it's almost like you're just out having to practice and even when you go to practice normally you have fans watching you so this yeah. would just be completely weird and in nascar only about 30 percent or maybe less of the track has fans on it yeah now yeah so i mean yeah that some sport it's going to be different for every sport like golf 
there's fans of yeah. golf, but I think the majority of people watch golf on TV. Yeah, so. unless Tiger's playing, then Tiger has a crowd <laughs> following him. So anyway, we'll, we'll stop there with that. Um, we'll follow it. We'll see where it goes. I, Next I, week, we could do an entire podcast. See, that's kind of like, why I wanted to talk about it in this week, because I like looking back. Like I was telling you, like a couple of weeks ago, I started listening to our first couple podcasts over again and oh, no. how much stuff was different. Like, number one, it was kind of weird listening to how we were talking stuff because it was so new. But yeah, just the things we were saying and talking about, like we were talking about goaltender interference, which seems to not have been an issue in a long time. We haven't talked about that in a while. Um, there's a lot of little things that came up like, man, that used to be a big issue. That used to be a big issue. We haven't really talked about it anymore. So I want to see where this goes. Like maybe the things we're talking about now is like, man, we were so naive to think that wasn't going to be a big deal or this could happen. Yeah, or maybe I, honestly, we say we were worried about nothing. And maybe some of those people that are in that, you know, camp were right. Yeah. I tell you one thing, though, the podcast will go on. The podcast will go on. <laughs> my coronavirus is gone. Yeah. And luckily with my job, I can technically work from home. So I'm, I'm going to be OK, luckily. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the uh, the Boston Bruins Tampa Bay Lightning game from last night, dude. That was nuts. If you guys didn't watch that game, that was a playoff atmosphere game if I've ever seen one. If you have the if you have Rogers NHL Network or whatever, and you can go NHL back TV and, in the states, yeah, and, it, and you can go back and replay and watch that game. If you missed it, honestly, it's worth it. It's worth the three hours just to, or maybe two or one and a half just to watch it, skip through it, mm-hmm. whatever. Man, what a great game. It felt like a playoff game. There was hitting. There was fighting. There were uh, great goals, unexpected things like shorthanded goals. Two shorthanded goals on the same friggin' power play. Yeah, there were uh, personnel kicked out. Um, There was just, it was awesome. So 56 hits in the game, 94 penalty minutes. So that tells you everything you need to know. Crowd was loving it. So it's like Neil said, we were watching the game last night together, and he said... Suck on that, Gary Bettman. People don't want Yeah, you're telling me that people don't like physicality and <laughs> yeah. hitting in the NHL anymore and fighting. Look at the crowd at the Garden last night. Mm. Or not the Garden. What do they call it now? It's TD yeah, it's Garden. TD, TD Garden. Yep. It used to be, what used to be? It used to be Boston Garden. Boston Garden, yeah. <clears throat> now it's Toronto Dominion Garden in the heart of Boston. Yeah, it's the Toronto Dominion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Tampa ends up winning the series, series three, three to one. So Boston only won the one game, which was like last week they won two to one. I mean, it, the thing about it is not it's not a, a random matchup like Philadelphia and Arizona. It's these are these two teams could play each other in the second round. These are the like these are the two best teams in the league right now. One and two. Um, yeah. Yeah. Points wise. So like we said, it got off to a really bad start. Boston got a power play and Tampa put in two shorthanded goals on the same power play. So you don't deserve to win a game after that. You like, don't deserve just, to win a game. Yeah. So they went down three nothing. The game was halfway over. It was three nothing. I said, Daniel, this is over. Like this is a blowout. And basically, once it hit three nothing, it just turned into a fiery. Yeah. Like, it was. It was really interesting. It's actually. Like after the three nothing goal, I think I showed you a clip um, that we missed when we were in your in your studio. Um, so Marshan goes in and kind of puts a little poke on the goaltender and four Tampa Bay guys just swarm <laughs> them in the corner. Just, and then from that moment on the rest of the game, it was just physical, like lots of fights. Yeah. Well, Boston started to get involved physical. They started to get back into the game mm-hmm. and then it was, you know, it, it was pretty close after the second and then the third started and they kind of stopped playing physical and then they lost control of the game again. Yeah. And then they started playing a little bit more physical and, and kind of came back. So yeah. it's, if these two teams play each other, I fully expect this uh this this series to to be probably the best series it'll be a good at, one. at the time and uh, i i don't know if maybe you told me this or i just saw it on twitter but the former gm or owner of the lightning said that he is incredibly impressed 
Oh, that was on the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast that yes. showed his tweet. Yeah, he's he's impressed with how much t- he's different like, this, this team is, is. He's like, this is what I'm talking about, this physicality that's been missing for six years or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Pasternak scored again last night. He's got 48, which puts him back in his sole place, first place. He's going to get 50. Uh, Vetchkin's second with 47. Matthews is third with 46. Um, Corrali, I believe it was, scored a goal with like a minute and 23 left in the second period. And it kind of went over... The red line or like the goal line, and then one of the Tampa players kind of fished it out real quick. And the ref was literally four feet from the net, and he's just like, no goal. So then they keep on playing down in the other end, and maybe I don't know, twenty seconds later, the um, the broadcast clock guys in the along the boards they blow the horn to stop the play. Mm-hmm. So we're like, man, that must be a goal. I was like, heck yeah! And the next thing you know, you look up at the TV. And everyone's fighting. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, how did this start? <clears throat> so I guess Charon was skating beside, was it Maroon? or? So what I saw, it was Kucherov get a little physical down in the corner and he kind of skated off. I don't know if something, if he's injured or what happened, but he was not happy. And it looked to me like Maroon came on the ice and he didn't get a misconduct, and not to my knowledge, which is I wonder is if that snuck under the radar. But the broadcasters never picked it up either, so I don't know. So, but you are right because we looked. And then when the scrum was going on and all five people were fighting, Hedman wasn't on. Kucherov wasn't on the or, ice. Yeah, Kucherov wasn't on the ice anymore. So <laughs> I think you're right. I think Maroon did sneak on, in which, I mean, the, the. He came on after a whistle and then fought. That's right. Like, that's, I don't, I don't know. But. And then, so Chara's kind of skating behind the ref and then Maroon kind of jabs him in the back of the legs. And then Chara almost like cross checks the ref just to yeah. turn over and start fighting Maroon. And the next thing you know, there's like two guys jump McAvoy and it's just like there's people flopping all over the place and fighting and it was awesome so the rest of the game was pretty much like that and, so. and all those penalty minutes from then technically happened but technically did not happen because they had to rewind See, the that's clock. what I said to him I said so does all this count like obviously it does but like what do you put on the score sheet like clearly it must have been 123 when the goal went in yeah but. technically it happened at a minute and five seconds but because of the, the thing had to go back the clock had to go back technically get moved to 123 or whatever yeah. it was this is very strange yeah. so so like yeah time keeps on going even though it shouldn't have and then all this <laughs> penalties happened in the time that technically didn't exist in the game yeah so the penalties happened at 123 even though they didn't happen at 123 yeah it's i understand it but it's it's kind of silly yeah so uh, that's all i really want to talk about that game just if you missed it you missed out on a good one and definitely check out highlights maybe even if that's all you can do like yeah. a five or six minute highlight package it, it should show some of those fights you never know though yeah it's like the nhl scared of showing fights yeah it's mm-hmm. you, sh- you should be able to find it i mean there's a youtube channel called that i recently followed called frenzy i believe and uh he he or she posts all of the scrums and and fighting even if it's just like a it's not really a fight but it's it's almost a fight mm-hmm. he or she posts that too which i like to see so, so i'm sure of, it'll be on there a lot of edits and a lot of cuts yeah from that game all right so we'll finish up with that i want to talk about the panthers because i want to ask you if you think they can catch or pass the leafs i think it 100 percent depend on goal depends on goaltending so last night florida beat montreal 4-1 so they're three points behind the leafs and they have a game at hand at the time of filming this mm-hmm. um so the Leafs just went on a California road trip. They played three games. They only got one point out of those three games, so one out of six. So pretty disappointing considering those are the three bottom teams in the Western Conference. That California road trip could be the reason that they don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is, and which is un- unreal considering that L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose are at the bottom of the Western Conference. Yeah, they're literally the worst three teams in that conference. Literally. like So right now, Toronto is still in control of their own destiny because technically if... 
if the Panthers win their makeup game or their game in hand, they're one point behind. So yes, Toronto is technically one point up if if that's equal, but. But both, it's like I was telling you this before, like it just seems like both of these teams are so similar and that neither one of them are seemingly going for it right now. Like they're just struggling. I don't understand it. Like they, I, I, you have an opportunity right in front of you because no one's going to catch you from behind. You're only battling with one other team and neither of you are doing much. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? Okay. So I have the, I have, I want to break down the last 10 games of both these teams because they're very similar. So tell me what you think of this. So the Leafs in their last 10 are four, five, and one. Panthers are four, four, and two, so pretty similar. Very similar. Um, the Leafs had a two to one loss against Anaheim, one to nothing shootout loss to LA, a five two loss to San Jose, four two win over Vancouver, five three win over Florida, four three win over Tampa, six three loss to Carolina, which is the game that David, David Ayers came in, four um, nothing win over Pittsburgh, a super embarrassing five two loss over Pittsburgh. That was a bad game by Toronto, hmm. and then a five two loss to Buffalo. So they only have twenty seven goals in those. 10 games so that's 2.7 goals per game which is below what you would expect from Toronto from because Toronto, their yes. entire team is made on offense um, they have 32 goals against in that span but their their penalty play or their, their power play is only 10% they're only 3 for 30 in those 10 games 10% on a, on a lineup like that is unacceptable and you have the and you have their GM saying that our we don't have toughness we our toughness is our power play right <laughs> remember when they were saying like why don't you have any physical guys which they picked up one guy recently but um you know he, he said we're going to kill you on the power play yeah like we're not going to be a physical team like we're we are loaded up front all our money is spent on forwards it's all spent on offense and then you go three for 30 in your last 10 but zero for 14 in your last five so in their last five games they have not scored a penalty or a power play goal on 14 attempts do you think the players are trying to send a message that they weren't happy with i don't think so i just because nothing was done at the trade deadline to fix the issues on the back end and all the pressure is on the forwards. Like, just look at the look, look, like, look at their record. They're losing to Anaheim. They're losing to LA. They're losing to San Jose. But they're beating teams like Tampa and Florida. They've got the Montreal Canadiens syndrome. Like, it's like, it's like they don't get up for the games where they're expected to win. Hmm. Almost. I think they're paid too much. I think they're too young and they have too much money. I think that is definitely an issue. But if you look at Florida, they're the same deal. So they beat Montreal four to one last night, but then they lost two to one to Boston, three nothing to Calgary. Shootout lost to Chicago. So they're 28 goals for and 29 against, which is very similar. Uh, mm. uh, the Leafs are 27, but they're four for 28. So they're about 14%. So they're not doing a whole lot better, but they have one more power play goal than the Leafs in that same span. And but they are also 0 for 14 in their last five games. So these teams are so similar. And they play each other soon. Yes. That game specifically could determine which team makes the playoffs. Like if Florida wins that game, if it happened today... Florida would be one point behind Toronto, I believe, and maybe still have a game in hand. So things are tight, but man, one of these teams, regardless if it's Toronto or Florida, get your crap together. That's what I mean. It just and it doesn't seem like they want it. Like they're just not fighting for it. Probably because they know they're going to have to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like, yeah. I'm disappointed in Bobrovsky because he had the team in front of him last year. No offense, but it it was not even close to be as gifted as the Florida team in front of him now offensively. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he could get the Columbus team into the playoffs, but can't get the Florida Panthers, he's not even playing right now. He's like, they're they're playing Dredger or whoever, yep. I can't remember his name. That's it, and yep. he's like 6-1-2 and two or 7-2-1 <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is now. Like he's, he's playing really well recently. Yep. You got to ride the high goalie. <laughs> like, and they can't even play Montembeau because 
he's struggling a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So they're playing their third string goalie. <laughs> and it, I mean, you do what you have to do, but still you've got Bobrovsky who's making over $10 million doing nothing. Yep. And like the same, it's kind of the same deal with the Leafs. They brought in Jack Campbell because their backup was horrible. Like Hutchinson was terrible. Yes. And Jack Camp- Campbell's been giving them a chance. This is the players aren't playing in front of them. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't get it. Like Jack Campbell played really well on that two to one loss against Anaheim. It's just the players, the players, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you have an offensive team that is way overpaid to produce offense. Like you have defensive liabilities. Yeah. But then you go 0 for 14 in your last five games on the power play, which is like supposed to be your bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's frustrating. I mean, as a Canadians fan, I'm clearly I'm, I'm frustrated with the Montreal Canadiens. But as a Leafs fan, knowing that my team has what it has and still might not make the playoffs, I'm extremely, extremely frustrated. Mm. I wonder if both fan bases are kind of the same, like, because they're kind of similar, but or the Leafs definitely have, like, it's, they have a lot of money invested up front. Like, we can't stress that enough. Like, you paid all your young guys, you know, $10, 11000000 million, and then Nylander, seven, whatever, to produce for you in the future. Like, mm-hmm. you're not paying them based on what they did. They're just kids. I wonder and, if they, and they have good numbers. They're just like, like if you look at Austin Matthews, like he's producing great numbers. He's sec, he's in second or third overall for scoring right now or for goals. Yes. But sometimes his back checks aren't there. Sometimes his defense isn't there. Like he's not giving you a total effort, even though he's putting up numbers. If you can score that many goals and still be impressive, but still be criticized because you know that there's more inside yeah. and you, like there's more. I mean, and that's what a lot of Toronto fans are saying. There yeah. is more. We've seen you play that. Like when they, they got embarrassed by Pittsburgh in that 5-2 game. And then they came back and played them like it was a back-to-back Pittsburgh game. They came back and played them 4 nothing. That was one of the best games Toronto's played this year. Absolutely. So if they could play like that, you know, even 80% of that on a regular night, their record would be way better than it is right now. It's just like, yeah. for whatever reason, they're just not showing up every night. And then every every time the game's over, you see Mitch Marner saying, oh, well, we got to find our effort. And It's the same thing. That's what It's like we're admitting that we're not quite doing enough and we have to figure it out. But mm. Do you think those players actually want to play for Toronto? And I don't believe that. I'm not saying I, I, I'm not saying it because I believe it. But do you think that they all right now all they care about mostly is the money, and they know that they they will, they would have got paid in Toronto. That's why they stayed. That's why they. But they don't actually want to win in Toronto. They want like Os Matthews is from Arizona. He's getting paid now, but then he wants to go win in Arizona. He wants to go somewhere else. To, I would say I don't I, believe that. I could see Matthews leaving for sure because he, he only did a five year well. deal. He could have gone longer. Yes. He only took the five. I think Mitch Marner does want to be there. I, I, would, I, think, I would agree with that. I think Nylander wants to be there. So I would say if I could see anyone leaving, it, it would be Matthews, mm-hmm. and it will be up to Kyle or whoever, hopefully still Kyle, to mm-hmm. uh, make sure he stays. But Interesting. I wonder if Marner decides to go, if Matthews at the same time would be like, you can trade me too. So <clears throat> let me ask you this. Tight. Do you think Florida will pass the Leafs and get a playoff spot, or do you think this is the Leafs still? Selfishly, I hope they do, just because... I think Toronto missing the playoffs will force change in Toronto that needs to happen. Yeah, Toronto making the playoffs and going those in the first four, round clearly of, does nothing. One of those four main players will be moved in the summer if they miss. Yeah. For sure. And I'd just like to see Florida in the playoffs. It's been a while. They have a better team. They have a, a team that should be in the playoffs this year. Not that Toronto doesn't. But and, it, and it gives them a state rivalry in the first round. You're creating something that should exist already and doesn't. Yeah. A rivalry between two good teams in the same state, Tampa and Florida. And it doesn't Let's exist. get it going. Yeah, and that'd be a physical series, I think. Let's let's go. Let's create a new rivalry. You want Gary Bettman's elbow rivalries? Yeah. Let's go. 
I'm all about rivalries, but I don't want any fighting or physicality. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? That's what a rivalry is. Yeah. Okay, so we'll watch that and see what happens. Like I said, it just doesn't seem like either team's going for it, so hopefully one of the teams does. I mean, if they keep both playing like this, then who knows? It's a toy it's a a toy toss. A toy toss, <laughs> a coin flip to see who gets in. But if one of these teams puts their foot down and says, Okay, let's go, mm. they're gonna be the team that gets in. It's I don't know. Crazy. All right, let's let's touch on the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, that's one where I I really wanted to wear the Tampa Bay jersey because I they showed up last night and I think they deserve some recognition. Yep. I guess we already gave them a little bit of recognition, but yep. I can't not wear any other jersey. Like I have to, I have to wear the Flyers jersey. So They're on a nine game winning streak. You see, uh, if you're an audio listener, he is wearing a Flyers hat and a Flyers jersey. He's full decked out in the Philly colors right now. I got a rep, guys. I got a rep. They deserve <laughs> some recognition. They're on fire right now. I love it. Um, I'm not a Flyers fan. I just think they have a good story. I think the Flyers. And they got gritty. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I think the Flyers have been kind of cheated in a way with so bad or so bad, just poor goaltending in the last, I don't know how many oh, years. It's been like they've had, years. they've had teams that could go somewhere. They just don't have the guy standing in front of the net to get them there. Yeah. So it's, it's almost unfair to watch. Like it's, it's frustrating for those fans. Totally. And now they've got a guy in there, Carter Hart, who looks like he may be the guy that's going to take them there. Because at home, he's 22 and 2. Dude, Florida at home is legit. Florida, Philadelphia. Or, I mean, Philadelphia <laughs> at home is legit. Carter Hart is 944 save percentage at home now. What's funny about that is Florida is not legit. No. They're 1 and 9 in their last, or 1 and 8, I think, in their last uh, nine games at home. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I just, I, like I said, I'm not a Flyers fan, but I think they have a good story. They don't have the typical. You know, powerhouse up front. No. They don't have. They're not a, the Washington Capitals or the Pittsburgh Penguins that are continuously competitive all all the time. They're a team that's kind of sneaky. They're hard to predict, but when they get streaky and on a roll, like you kind of want to cheer for them. Plus, they've got gritty, which is always a good story. Like their entire run lately has been sneaky. Yes. Like last podcast, you asked us what place do you think they're in. I think Joey said eighteenth. Yeah. And then I think your dad said tenth, and I said eighth or ninth, and it was sixth. Like, yeah. Like, it's just nobody's really noticing them because I think a lot of stories around them, like Ovechkin hitting 700 goals and stuff like that, I think that's taking the the, the main kind of yep. lights. They're but sneaky, and sometimes that's the most dangerous team. Here's my question to you. Is the sneakiness over, and are they now a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference? Uh, no. I, I Yes, I think they're a legitimate threat, but I've I since I've been doing this for three years, I cannot predict... Philadelphia, and it's because they are so streaky. One year, they got a 10-game winning streak, missed the playoffs. That's right. I was just the next year, that. lost 10 games and made the playoffs. So this nine-game streak means absolutely nothing to me. I think it's great for the team. I think it's amazing for that division to create even more controversy and, and tight races and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I am I don't think that they're going to keep up their pace. I think they're peaking a little bit too soon. This shows me that Elaine Vigneault is a good coach. Oh, absolutely. And they are completely buying into what he's selling. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I, I genuinely hope that they do good in the playoffs because I'm kind of tired of seeing Washington go far. I'm kind of tired of seeing Pittsburgh go far. Let's let the Flyers, the last time they were that close was uh, 2010, I think, when they played Chicago. I think maybe they, yeah, anyways. Let's see. Let's see what they can do. Give them a chance. Give Carter Hart the same chance Jordan Benigni got last year as a young. Do you know who their next two games are against? Uh, hopefully Pittsburgh or Washington. No, they're against 
Boston and Tampa Bay. The two oh. leading. Well, that's a good test. That's so. Uh, the next game is against Boston, and then the game after that is Tampa. Now, my are they at home or on? I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't write that down. That's going to be hard to predict in our Discord. So I am. I am secretly rooting for the Flyers right now. I am too. I don't want to say that too publicly, but yeah. I, I mean, your, te- your team is pretty much out. Yeah, so my that's team's okay. toast. My team is not out. My team is in first place right now. So mm. clearly, I'm going to stick with Boston, but. I don't know if I would be worried about a Philly matchup with Boston. Sometimes they've given us trouble. Hence, remember that time we went to a seven-game series? We were up 4-1 in game seven, ended up losing, or was it 3 nothing or 4 nothing? I can't remember, and then Philly came back and won the whole thing. Yeah, I think that there's, so both teams are so different than they were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like a, a series between Philadelphia and Boston 10 years ago would have been incredibly physical. Both mm-hmm. teams are, are so skilled now that it's still going to be physical. It's yeah. still Philadelphia Flyers, it's still Boston. It's a Bruins. different game now. But I think... Just from an entertainment standpoint, I think that would be an amazing series to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think it it wouldn't be a sweep, I don't think. I think you'd get probably a six or seven game series. Here's my question to you now. So Carter Hart, I said, was 22-2 and two mm-hmm. at home. If he was playing at home with no fans because of coronavirus, would his record still be that good? Or does he feed off of the home crowd and that's why he's doing so well? That's hard to say. I mean, there's so many things that, that go into that. You get to have meals at home instead of at mm-hmm. restaurants. You get to sleep in your own bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would tend to believe in the kid and say that he'll play good at home regardless of how many yeah. bums are in seats. Okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> oh, we've already spent so much time on this other is- topics that, that well-deserved have... That amount of time talked about them. But the Ottawa Senators... This is the biggest news of the week. This entire page for the video view. I'm going to play a clip right now from last week's podcast where Neil basically calls me out. Was it last week or two weeks ago? It was last week. It was episode 100. Was it really? Mm Mm-hmm. Where... Anyway, I'll just play the clip. So listen to this. And I don't like like that. I'm a Canadian It's taken them a while, but it looks like they're finally taking the time to do it right. Yep. And we haven't talked about Melnick in a while. Another great thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. You might have just jinxed it, though. <laughs> All right, so there's Neil saying, basically, I jinxed it. And I did, because if you're watching on YouTube right now, this is an entire page of notes about Eugene Melnick. Was it the same day that that was, or later that day it was announced, or was it the next no, day? No, it was a couple days after. I think it was like on a Tuesday or something okay. like that. So Jim Little, who we talked about when he was hired, uh, was fired as the CEO of the Ottawa Sanders less than two months into his job, 54 days. That was so recent ago. I can remember the conversation we had of whether you yeah, think we were, he's going to change the culture. Yeah, like, Ottawa. are you going to change this culture? Uh, he came from Royal Bank and stuff like that. Like, it was literally two months ago or less than two months ago. So they said he was fired because of conduct inconsistent with the core values of the Ottawa Senators and the NHL. And they put out a really vague statement, not really offering any specific details on why he was fired. So then... Jim Little came out on his, on his own and released a statement saying that he was dismissed over a heated phone call he had on Valentine's Day of all days, February 14th, in which he swore at Eugene Melnick and he says the pair had a personal disagreement over his approach with the team. Mm. And then later the team came out and said that they expect to hire a new CEO within the coming weeks. So that was the news. And I was like, okay, that's really random. Super so then, random. And then on Thursday, Elliot Friedman went on Sportsnet 590, which is a radio station in Toronto, and he provided additional information, and then it was almost like he was getting heat for it, so he had it all redacted. So if you went online to look for this, the only way you could find it was like a cached image, mm. because even the episode on that aired on that radio station was deleted at yeah. Friedman's request. 
But then he went out on Hockey Night in Canada last night and basically reset everything all over again. So we'll talk about that. So Very interesting. According to him, this is Elliot, um, the Senators completed a report that concluded that the franchise's biggest issue is a crisis of confidence in the owner. And that's what they were yelling about. That's amazing. So you've got a guy that's only been with your organization for 54 days. Well, less than 54 days because this was on February 14th. So he's basically a little over a month into his job. And he's yelling at the owner saying, you are the biggest problem. You have literally the best person in the organization to finally stand up against Melnick and does and gets fired. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. So he said fans aren't voting with their wallets because they don't believe in the owner. Mm-hmm. So fans aren't coming because they don't like you. Like That's what they were arguing about. It's true. But what what does Ottawa do now? Like, they had the guy there to stand up to Melnick. And nothing happened. Well, clearly Melnick doesn't want that. So it's never going to change. It's <laughs> never going to change. And we're just going to sit here in this washer cycle of Melnick being an idiot and the Ottawa Senators not being competitive and the fans not going to games. So during the phone call, when Little was yelling at Melnick, apparently he yelled at him for over 10 minutes. And at one point he told him the best thing that could happen to the Ottawa Senators is if that if you who's Melnick, disappeared for 12 months. Which is true. Yes. And like a lot of people online were like, did he mean 12 years instead? Like (laughs) clearly Ottawa fans don't want Melnick there. So then that ended and that was the latest update on the story. So, okay, this guy got fired for basically calling him out and telling that he is the biggest problem and giving him, you know, truth serum that he didn't want to hear. Yeah. Today, a National Post article came out. I don't know if you know about this. No. This, that's what three quarters of this page is about. Oh, snap. So the team is now saying that he was fired after an investigation that uncovered several allegations of harsh or abusive behavior, including public claims of domestic abuse from his former wife. Oh, So it's like, wait a minute, where's this coming from? Yeah. So you've had this all done for a week. Is this a smokescreen? We're going to get into that. So Little has disputed the allegations through his lawyer, saying that once again, he was fired mainly on the language he used in that phone call, saying that, you know, I got heated with him. I shouldn't have done it. I apologize. But that's why I was fired. So after the phone call ended, the team began an investigation into him. So you know what this sounds like to me? Wow. It sounds like Melnick didn't like how that phone call went down. Yeah. Go find dirt on this guy. Wow. That's unbelievable. So the team confirmed that it began an investigation into Little after that phone call and found that his former wife published online accounts alleging abusive behavior during their marriage on a blog post. So number one, obviously you didn't vet this guy very good. Yeah. Even after the the league came out and said, if you don't vet your guys very good, we're going to... Penalize you. Yeah, because that was in December and this guy was just hired in January. (laughs) So like, I don't understand that. I don't understand either. And then... It says, this is this is another statement they came out with based on that investigation. It's the pattern of behavior by Mr. Little within the organization which violated the team's code of conduct and the policy of the NHL, coupled with the detailed allegations contained within an online posting discovered subsequently, was extremely concerning given his conduct within the company's head office. <laughs> and then, so Little's lawyers came back out and says, the suggestion that the senators terminated Mr. Little's employment because of... The allegations you describe is untrue. Given the circumstances of our client's dismissal, these matters will now be addressed through the courts, which is litigation, Good. which means he is suing the organization for AKA defamation, basically. Melnick. Yes. So Melnick now has at least two litigations ongoing. And no money, so even if they win, they're going to get nothing out of exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> 
So then he, uh, the lawyer also said that the allegations published by his former wife are not attributed to any specific source and are defamatory. Uh, given that the litigation is imminent, Mr. Little will not be making further public statements regarding these matters at this time. So if we look at this from a a broad statement, he, he, he calls up Melnick. Melnick says something stupid. He gets mad at him. He yells at him for 10 minutes and says, this is the reason why we can't fill our, sta- our stadium. So um, but, or Ottawa's attendance is averaging 12,618 in the league, which is worst. But even worse is they're only filling on average 65.9% of their arena every night. That's unfortunate. So it's less than... I believe that average attendance is less than the Quebec Grand Power. It's two-thirds of the arena. It's 65.9. The second worst team fills 81.1% of their arena. Jeez. So they're significantly below percentage-wise. That's than, a... That's a so a oh. lot, like a third of their rank every night on average is empty. Not counting the, the tickets that are sold and the people aren't there. So that's little goes on this call and says, you are the reason we're not getting season ticket holders. You're the reason that people aren't coming to the games. And Melnick just has no thick skin whatsoever. And as soon as that calls over, he's like, go get dirt on this guy. (laughs) They go get dirt on it. And they find this dirt, even though they didn't find it when they were investigating or investigating him Mm. to hire him in the first place. Like, That's this just crazy. is so bad. This makes him look so bad to me. And he already looks so bad. Like, like how, how do you, how do you, I feel so bad for Ottawa Senators fans. Like, I can't even it, imagine. Like, like, it, like, they can't do anything. They That's literally, the problem. They can't do anything. They can't do anything. They can stop going to games, but I mean... That's already har- that's already happened, and they brought in someone to specific- specifically address that issue, and then you fire him. <laughs> yeah, like, and not only what? do you fire him, you dig up dirt on him, and then put that dirt out publicly. How does the NHL stand by and let this happen? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Can the owners vote to, like, for the NHL See, to literally buy I think, the franchise? I think the other owners can do something about it if it gets to that point. But they're like a old boys club; they they're all in it together. But if Melnick, like, there has to be a point. That Melnick just they have to have a conversation with him and say, listen, you need to you need to step back. So Brian Burke was on Hockey Central on Friday, and he basically said the only way to fix this is to sell the team. Absolutely. That's the only option. That's the only way. But he doesn't want to sell it. Because he's a stubborn old <laughs> Yes. Who's got dink. the thinnest skin? Like you can't have thin skin if you're that kind of like millionaire or billionaire. Yeah. Which if Melnick said that he came in for an interview, would you ask him the hard questions? Or would you ask him regular questions because you know that he won't answer the hard questions and probably walk off? Mm. If you tried to ask him hard questions... You have to ask him hard questions. And he walked away from the interview and said, I'm done. Would you publish that footage? Absolutely. Me too. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I just... I feel so bad for Ottawa fans. Like I just we, don't get it. We could make a video just on all the stupid stuff he's done. That video would be 40 minutes long. Yeah, like... Remember when the outdoor game was there? He's like, yes. oh, I might move the team if things don't get better. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, Gary Bettman, that's the only time I've seen Gary Bettman get mad at him. Being like, what are you talking about? Like, you're totally taking away from this outdoor game and putting the focus on you potentially selling this yeah. team or moving this team to a different city. And look at the players that are clearly don't want to play for Melnick or that organization. Carlson, gone. Pajot, gone. Duchesne, gone. Turris, gone. I mean, the list goes on of players who just don't want to be there. Whether it's financial or just Melnick in general or the city, whatever, clearly players don't want to be there. And that's what we just talked about 
Last week, was we said, things are finally looking up for Ottawa in the coming years. Yes. They're doing at, things right. They got draft picks. They've got good oh. players coming. And now you have this. The trade deadline, I mean, the Ottawa Senators are one of the top three teams. Cleaned up. Cleaned up in the trade deadline. And now we have this. Who remembers? Who's going to remember the trade deadline? <laughs> Their success there? No one. It's just so funny that I said, I haven't heard anything about Melnick in a while. And you're like, you just jinxed it. Yeah. Now I have a full page of notes of unbelievable... <laughs> I just had a conversation with a guy just hired 54 days ago or even less than that. I guess there would have been like 40-some days. Go find dirt on this guy. Mm-hmm. I want him out of and here. And if the cap goes up, are they going to be able to meet this, the floor? Totally. I don't, like, just for fun, let's, I'm going to go tell you a little bit about their lineup. Okay. Bodiker is a UFA. Tierney, UFA. Connor Brown, RFA. Duclair, RFA. Pekka, UFA. Hainsey, UFA. England, UFA, Anderson, UFA, and there's three more RFAs and one UFA after that. That is like 75% of your team. That's a lot of work. Those players could, 50% of those players could all be gone. Are you going to be able to assign free agents in in June? What happens if literally no players want to play for Ottawa? What do they do to make the roster of games? They have to call up their entire uh, minor league team? Can they do that? So I think Pierre Dorian's the, the GM in Ottawa, right? Yeah. How much? Actually, how much of a nightmare is his job? Oh God, I can't even imagine. He when he's when he's done there, and it will happen, whether it's by his choice or not. I hope <laughs> no, he is 100%. so truthful with his post interviews. He needs to write a book. He needs to write eight. <laughs> like man, you got a, a stingy owner who, like I said, just thin skin, can't take criticism. Mm. Doesn't want to pay. It's 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 really unfortunate. Like, how do you build a team with that ownership and that that lack of money? And you've got an arena in a place that fans don't like going to. And it's not like we're sitting here making up hearsay or wh- no. whatever. We're talking about legitimate, published mm-hmm. information on all accounts, all the stories that we just talked about. What don't we know? What's still under the carpet that we don't know about yet? And will eventually. I wonder what happens when this goes to court and they start. All that's going to be public information. Yeah. At some point. Mm-hmm. So I didn't include the statements that his wife made on purpose um, because um, his lawyers asked the National Post to not run those statements. Yes. And they did anyway. So out of respect for the legal process, I just we don't need to know that. We just need to know that she alleged abuse and yeah. living with him was a nightmare and et cetera, et cetera. So if you want to find out more about that, just Google it. I'm sure you can find it. It's on the national post, mm. but I don't know. That's just crazy. I can't get over it. And we mentioned with the coronavirus thing and also with the Ottawa situation, the cap going up. I don't know if you have a specific, any specific notes on that, but it was projected. Oh yeah. We're don't get it. We're okay. not there yet. Hey, we're there now. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so the general managers meetings happen this week in the winter meetings. Um, there's a couple things discussed. Number one, which was the thumb one we thought was going to be the big news, is you had David Ayers coming in, and people were talking about how this is a huge embarrassment for the league. They're gonna, I, th- I think they even admitted it. Didn't yeah, it? they're gonna, they're gonna come out and they're gonna change this, and this is never gonna happen again. And we're gonna make sure we get a goalie that's been played at least a professional level before, and blah blah blah. So anyway, the GMs go in, they talk about it, and they're happy with how everything went down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like what? Like, how do you have all these people that are former NHL league officials and GMs and stuff and saying, this is embarrassing on the league. It makes them look so bad to have a 42-year-old goalie come in that's not even a real goalie. And then they go in and talk about it like, nope, this is fine. Yeah, we're okay with it, whatever. You know what it is? It's because, and it was suggested 
I think maybe it was Joey that brought up on the last podcast. Um, maybe it was your dad. Maybe it was you. I can't remember. It wasn't me. That's all I know. They said maybe you have to have a third goalie assigned to your team who's not technically a goalie. He's like a member of your staff, but he becomes the goalie in the event yeah, of emergency. Yeah, I think it was Joey that said that. Maybe like a trainer or yeah, something. And he's not affected by your cap. He's like an exemption right. or whatever. So I think that was the option that was discussed. And the GMs are like, I don't want to spend any more money. Like why would we spend more money when mm-hmm. this doesn't happen very often? So. And I think it's a it's such, it's a thing that never and it's not that it never happens, but it happens so rarely. And there's so many other important topics like the coronavirus and mm-hmm. stuff. Like I just think I just don't I think there's too much on the plate that they have to worry about as it is, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna look. We'll deal with this later. Kind yeah, of it was basically a quick conversation saying, "Nah, yeah, we're let's, good. let's use our time, yeah, more valuable elsewhere." So for three years, they've uh, people have been suggesting that they change the offside rule to be to allow for a skate in the air or to basically it doesn't have to be on the ice, but as long as it cuts the plane, yeah, even vertically to be allowed. So it looks like that that's finally going to go through. So um, fourteen goals were called back this year because of that. So they're saying that you know we're we're taking away from offense, and if we would have had the skate in the air rule this year. 14 more goals would have counted. Yep. And I think the other GMs are starting to get on board. So they they agreed they should change it. So now it just has to go ahead of the Board of Governors and the Competition Committee. But I think that's just formalizing it. So it sounds like it's going to be in place for next year. I don't know the 14 specific goals or whatever, but could you imagine if you went back after the season ended, looked at the 14 goals and would have figured out if this had gone in, would this team have gotten an extra point or an extra two points? And then would that team have made the playoffs? That's interesting to think about, especially with how th- close some of these races I are. Know. 14 goals is a lot of goals. It's a lot of, it is a lot and of goals. And maybe it was on games where it didn't matter. Maybe they weren't one goal games. Or maybe that was a goal that could have turned the tide and you had the momentum and you could have, like, you don't know, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. Um, the league also announced the new pucks and they showed them off. So um, they have a microchip in them. And they're going to start using them in the playoffs, as we talked about before. It has the same rubber as a traditional puck, but they're assembled in pieces around the electronics instead of a single mold. So instead of taking one mold of rubber, rubber, you've got this electronic device, and then you're piecing yeah. the mold on top of it. Did you hear what Sidney Crosby said? He thought there was a difference, didn't he? He, he thought that he felt a difference. Yeah. but See, they're claiming that they've secretly played these pucks in nine games so far and not told the players. Oh, really? And they haven't heard anything... That's a, that's really so they interesting. snuck them in and never told anybody and nothing ever came from it. So that's interesting. I wonder how they're going to hold up to. Uh, I they mean, said they were shooting the pucks out of a puck cannon at 170 miles per hour and haven't been able to break one yet. <laughs> OK, that was that's answers my, <laughs> answers my question. Uh, apparently, these pucks cost one hundred dollars each to make. Oh, wow. So chances are if a puck goes into the stands, you're going to have an usher coming to you and taking that puck back and probably giving you an an old puck. I don't know if they're just uh, going to let a regular. That's a really good question because it's got all the technology and the sensors in it, and that's a. That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't think they can police that though. Oh, I think they can. They've gone into the stands for things before. I guess, but I mean, what if you brought a puck with you that maybe you got you faked it or you maybe have what are the chances game? of you bringing in a puck and then also catching a game oh, puck that man, game? People people go to these lengths. <laughs> It could happen. It does suck, though, to be able to get a an actual game-played puck it's, just out of chance. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen very much. It usually hits the net and goes back yeah. in. Like, it's not too often, like, delay a game or something, it gets thrown out. But it's, what, I have a feeling if if these pucks go over the boards, some usher's coming and taking that and, and swapping with something else. Like, they'll hey, give we'll you a hat or a... I think they'll give you a puck, but it's not going to be the game-played puck. Yeah. 
Did you see what San Jose was doing? I don't want to backtrack to the coronavirus, but did you see what San Jose was doing? No. They were they had pre-signed hats to give away. They, they pre-signed from the players hats to give away to the fans and stuff versus them. Yeah. Getting, yeah. See, that's not the same. It's not the same, but at least they're doing something yeah. like to, to offer. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So. <clears throat> um, the general managers in the meeting also expressed their disdain for the bye week and the scheduling complications that come with it. I hate the bye week. I'm pretty sure you I do hate too. it too. And this conversation's been going on for a decade. Yeah. Has it um, not? They're just saying that it compresses the schedule too much by having that full week off. Yeah. So they'll say we'll play four games, six nights, four games, six nights. So the league says it's going to take matters seriously and try to figure out an alternative solution for next season. So don't know what that means. Don't know if it means anything. Sounds like the bye week is still going to be in, but they're going to try to, like, I don't know. If you're losing an entire week and then the All-Star games, that's a that's just a huge break in the season that no one's playing anything. I would, And you have to make that up somewhere. So the schedule is going to get condensed. Remove the bye week. Give every player, every player and every team five days off over Christmas. Hmm. We got play, we got games happening on Christmas Eve and Boxing Day, I think, yep. or maybe I don't know about Boxing Day, but there's games on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve for sure, like, like early games. Yeah, come on, like we don't they don't need a random week off in late February or it's different for every team. So do you give the entire league like there's the World Juniors going on around Christmas. People are spending time with their families. Let the players spend time with their families as well. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas. I'm with you. Um, they also talked about the salary cap. So the cap is expected to rise from 81.5 million this season to between 84 and 88.2 for the next season. So that means 83 million. Probably. <laughs> so that's what I said. Um, a lot of the GMs are saying, you know, well, this year they expected it to be 83 and ended up being 81.5. Yeah. So a lot of teams were in a crunch and they had to sell off to make make it fit. So I, I think teams are going to be cautious until this number is official. Yeah. It's, but this could be extremely useful for a lot of teams. Like that's a lot. If you go from eighty one point five to eighty eight, if it ever did get that high, which I would say because of this coronavirus stuff going around, it's probably not going to hit the eighty eight. It's going to no, be on the lower yeah. end. I mean that is a that is a significant jump. But if it if the projection is could be as high as eighty eight, maybe they hold off for the 2020-2021 season. Maybe make it eighty three or eighty four, whatever. And then the following season, I th- believe that's the season that the Seattle team joins. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a reason why some this cap is going up. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the year that we get the significant jump. We get it go from 84 to 90 or something. Mm-hmm. And then I think the year after that is when the new TV deal comes in the States, exactly. which may show ESPN yep. getting it on, or maybe it's NBC again, and we don't know. But mm. And then finally, this is a weird one, I thought. A presentation was given, which the GM said was probably the most enlightening presentation of the entire meetings, uh, where the person giving the present presentation said that the, the GM should have an open mind and encourage team and team staff and players to share more of their personality on social media, because apparently that makes fans more engaged and they want to go to more games. I, so by having your, your players and your team staff having more of a personality and presence on social media, that actually increases revenue for your team. Uh, I would, I would definitely agree with that, mm. but you also run the risk of, players maybe going the other way like evander kane yeah. and calling <laughs> calling out the uh the league yeah so. um the presentation said that the nhl is starting to do a better job but it lags way behind other leagues like the nfl the nba yeah. and it'll be like i would have to think the nba probably is on top because it just seems like nba stars are all about social media and they run that league and yeah it's mlb true. players i find baseball players have less personality than hockey players do. yeah there's i would say nfl and nba are pretty close mm-hmm. So anyway, that's a wrap on the general manager's meetings. Um, Roberto Luongo, do you want to get into that? Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty special night last yep, night. Yep, so he had his, he, he was the first 
Panther player to get his number retired. Which, that's huge news for... And he didn't want it. He was the one fighting this for so long. Like, they were talking to him for a long time, I guess, about when you want to do this. And he's like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Like, like retirement ceremony? Or yeah, re- like, I don't want that attention. Like, I'm not... Like, he was the one hmm. holding out. And they were like, oh, no, you were, you're, you're the man. You're getting this. And then finally he agreed to it. And it was cool because they did it on Hockey Night in Canada, number one. Yes. Two, they did it on when he was playing Montreal, which is where he's from. So exactly. a lot of his people from back home, like he's now committed to Florida. Like he's a Florida man now for yeah. sure. But, you know, his home is Montreal. So he thought that was really special to know that people from Montreal and all across Canada, because it was Hockey Night in Canada, got to see that. Yeah, and well-deserved. I mean, this is a goalie that that uh, played incredible for two teams, Florida mm-hmm. and Vancouver, played for Team Canada. Um, yep. He deserves the recognition. Um, I don't, the whole number retirement thing is a, a debate for another time that I don't necessarily agree with, but um, if if that's the first number that they retired, I'm trying to think of. I'm who, kind of surprised it's the first number they've retired. I mean, who else in Florida deserves their number to be retired? Exactly. That's why. That's when when I thought about it a long time, I was like, okay, nobody's popping. Yeah, like I don't know. I'd, I'd have and, to think. And about he it. was moved. I believe when he went to Florida originally, that was when he was still with Vancouver, right? And he was crying. Yeah. At the podium saying, my contract sucks. Like, I, no one's going to pick me up because yeah. I'm paid too much. And then Florida did. And now look at this. He's getting his number retired. Down. Yeah. It's, and he's probably going to end up working for that organization if I had to be a betting man. Which would be amazing for that organization. So he played 19 seasons in the NHL. We'll just talk about him real quick. Um, he's second all-time in games played by a goalie at 1,044. He's third all-time in wins at 489. And ninth all-time in shutouts at 77. And he's one of only three goalies to have played 1,000 games. That's incredibly impressive. Mm, pretty cool. Uh, born in Montreal, like we were talking about that, and he's played 11 seasons with the Panthers. So, mm, yeah, and, that, and it was really a good awesome. presentation. Um, it was cool seeing his kids kind of just crying when the when his yeah. banner went up. I'm kind of surprised by that in a way because I did I don't I didn't think I, the kids would be or understand the moment, but maybe they did, and it was just like. I, I think they do in a way. Yeah, I think I don't because especially his son. His son looked like he was quite young, so his son wouldn't have seen a lot of his dad play. I don't think, like at least the majority, because he's been out for this year. And I mean, if he played eleven seasons, his son's probably I don't know. He looked like he was eight, maybe, maybe like I don't know, eight or nine or seven. Yeah, so he would have seen a few games played, but I, I, kids tend to replicate the emotions of true of adults as well. So seeing some somber adults and stuff be sad in a good way maybe made them sad yeah so um so right off the top we said it is an international women's day today so nbc is making history today with an all women produced and broadcast game it's going to be the st louis and chicago game which is happening tonight so by the time this podcast comes out um that game will be just finishing up or playing the game starts at eight thirty, i think our time podcast comes out around 10 so yeah the game may still be on yeah but chances are by the time you start listening to this the game's already over and it's probably monday or something yeah so um so kate scott is going to be the play-by-play announcer with kendall coin kendall coin kendall kanye or is it coin kendall coin schofield i'll let you say these names do you not say the next name too uh nope (laughs) and and aj mozenko well, let's, let's go. I'm sorry. M L E C Z K O. People are going to roast us in the comments <laughs> yeah, over that. But anyway, those are both two Olympic gold medals from the U S women's team. Yeah. 
Um, Catherine Tappen, who we talked about because of Jeremy Roenick. Right. Um, yeah. She's going to be the anchor, and she's anchoring with a three-time Canadian gold medalist Jen Botterill, who is the sister of the GM in Buffalo, Jason Botterill. That's cool. That's really so, cool. So that game is cool. It will be all completely produced and play-by-played by women. So everyone involved in that production good is, on. is a woman for International Women's yeah, Day. Yeah, good on NBC for doing 100%. that. 100%. That's, that's, that's really special. All right, so... We'll get into Henri Richard now. Yeah, so, I mean, Henri Richard, obviously, everyone's who's listening or watching this probably already knows that he passed away, which is really unfortunate, and uh, he was honored around the league in many games. The start of the Columbus-Edmonton game that I watched last night, they had a really a moment of silence for him and, and had a little uh, video up on the screen. So it's good to see that, you know, you, you expect that ceremony in Montreal because of mm-hmm. who he is and who obviously played for the Montreal Canadiens and stuff, but it's really good, cool to see that the the rest of the league pay the same respect um, to a player that never played for their teams. So mm-hmm. that just goes to show you how important and how well-known he is uh, league-wide, which is which is pretty cool. But I have some stats I just want to read off about him. And then a quote that he made once. So he, <laughs> I mean, these stats are pretty incredible, specifically 11 Stanley Cups. Yeah, highest of any player ever. Like that is, that's unbelievable. That's really cool. Uh, four-time All-Star, a Masterton Trophy winner, uh, 1,258 games played, 358 goals, 688 assists, uh, 1,046 points. He was a plus 243. He had 932 penalty minutes. He played 20 seasons, and he was only five foot seven. Do you know that? Yep, I did. Yeah, pretty cool. They called him the pocket rocket. They Most of his coaches didn't think he'd ever make it in the NHL because he was too small. Yep, and here's what he had to say. He said, uh, I'm not sure what year he said this, but um, he said, all I ever had in mind was playing with the with the Montreal Canadiens and thinking about playing with my brother Maurice, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So. so Maurice was going to retire, and then when the opportunity came to play with his little brother, Henri, he stayed on for five more years to play with them, yeah. and they won a cup in every one of those five years. Yep, and then I think... Um, and his, Henri centered his line with Maurice on the wing. Yeah, and I think he, I think he retired then... And then I think some other good players retired as well. And then uh, Andre became the captain mm-hmm. and won another cup with the Canadians, yeah. uh, which is pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Really. I, was, I was telling you this earlier. So 10 of his 11 Stanley Cup rings were stolen when his house was burglarized. And they called him up and said, we'll give you these back for a tidy ransom. And he was like, heck no. You keep them. <laughs> you keep them. Yeah. So now he's only got one. Well, he's not around anymore, yeah. but he only had one of his 11 Stanley Cup rings. It's just unfortunate that the NHL or the Montreal Canadiens didn't have more made for him or yeah. something, but maybe uh, they did, I don't know. And, you know, Gary Bettman came out and said, you know, he's a giant in terms of the history of the league. Like, this is a major player. Like, it, we can't do the, the service that he deserves because we're too young to have been around. Like, if it's too bad Brent's not here to talk about him because I'm sure your dad would have lots to say from watching him. Yeah, now, I don't know if you did this as a kid, but my dad, Brent, took me to games here in Fredericton where they had some of the old... Um, legends come play it happened at the Aiken Center in the early 90s mm-hmm. and I believe he was there uh, and played some hockey as I, an old I might have been I just don't remember I think it was called like the old timers or the old whatever and like because uh, I know when the Fredericton Canadians were here we used to go to the Aiken Center a lot and watch yeah, those like Guy Lafleur was there um, like there were some there's some big names there so I'll have to talk to dad and maybe dad if you're listening or watching you can comment uh, down below and I'll and clarify but yeah, mm-hmm. you there's if you did go any of those old timer games, you may have seen him play. Obviously, not as an NHLer, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, unfortunate. But time, that's what time does. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Uh, can I talk about streaks a little bit? Sure. I want to. Do you know? Have you been following the streaks at all? No. Other than Flor- uh, Florida, I did it again. Philly. Philly. Um, Philadelphia's on a nine-game winning streak. The LA Kings are on a five-game five-game streak. I did know that. Streak. Calgary on a three-game winning streak. Now losing streaks. The New York Islanders are on a six-game losing streak. What's going on? You bring in Pajot, you lock him down, and then you're just hanging on to a playoff spot. You've got Columbus, Carolina, the Rangers. I mean, at the pace that New Jersey's playing pretty well, mm-hmm. there's a legitimate... If, if New Jersey keeps up their pace, this is a ridiculous thing to say, and the Islanders keep up their pace, New Jersey has a chance at catching the Islanders and passing That's them. unbelievable. It's crazy. Uh, Buffalo has lost six. Dallas has lost five. Toronto has lost three. So I don't know what's going on in some of these cities, but they need to get their... Get their life in order. Uh, I just wanted to have a little bit of segment, and maybe we can talk about this just to get your opinion. If the playoffs started today, now it's a really ridiculous exercise or conversation to have because by the time that you listen to this, if it's a Monday, these matchups won't be the same. But it's just an interesting conversation regardless. So if the playoffs started today, Washington will play the Islanders. Would you be interested in watching watching that series? Yeah. I would too. I would too. Who would you be rooting for? Islanders. Me too. Uh, Philadelphia would play Pittsburgh. Oh, dude, that would be amazing. It would be amazing. I would love that series. Who would you cheer for? I don't know. <gasps> really? No, no. I'm oh. I don't know if there's a series that I would want to watch more than a Pittsburgh Philly. It is they hate each other so much. I can't think of any two teams that hate each other more. Like the old Boston Montreal rivalry is not a thing anymore. Like no, it's it's still it's, there, but it's not the same. Same with Toronto. I would say currently Edmonton Calgary, but overall Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, for sure. I mean, that rivalry has been going strong for mm-hmm. 15, 20 years or whatever. So I would be going for Philly. I would also be going for Philly. Just because Pittsburgh's had cups. Yep. Uh, Boston and Columbus. Obviously, you're, you're a Boston fan. You're going to watch that series. So that's mm-hmm. a, kind of a silly question. Uh, I would be cheering for Columbus. No offense. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. I'm cheering Come for Boston. Uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto. I would actually cheer for Toronto. I would cheer for Tampa Bay. I like Toronto more, but I don't think... I think that... I want change to happen in Toronto. I don't think they deserve to go on to the second round based See, on... I really season. like listening to Toronto radio, and I just don't want to listen to three months of crying this summer no. about what they need to do. And Yeah, that's true. Plus, I, I think I would rather play Toronto in the second round than Tampa. I guess you're thinking from a Boston perspective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I understand that as well. Uh, okay, over to the West, St. Louis and Nashville. Would you watch that series? Mm, that one doesn't interest me that much. I agree. I, it actually doesn't interest me either. Which, if you said that like last year or two, yeah, or last year, two, two years, years ago, ago, yeah, be like whoa, yeah, that'd no, be a good series. No, that does nothing for me. I would be cheering for St. Louis in that series. You probably yeah. Colorado and Dallas. Oh, I would watch that. I would definitely watch that, and that'd be a hard series for me to watch because I like really like both of those teams. I'd probably cheer for Colorado because Dallas, Dallas made it farther last year. I'd go for Dallas. Man, I'm all in on Colorado. I'm okay. I'd be I'd be okay if Colorado won. They're my team. Like they're my team this year. Okay. Like they're I'm feeling good. Edmonton and Vancouver. Canadian matchup. Hmm. I'd I'd watch every game. I don't know who I'd go for. I'd go for Vancouver. Because of the underdog? Yeah. 
I, I think I and probably because too. Vancouver was doing really well. And now they seem like they're slipping a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them hold on and actually do something. Yeah, I agree. It'd be really good for the city. It's been a while since they've been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But then again, Connor McDavid probably deserved to go pretty far in the playoffs. Uh, Canadian matchups are good because it, you get you hear you're, it's kind of win win win. Regardless of, of who wins, you're going to have a Canadian team move on. But at the same time, you're losing you're, gonna, a, you're losing you're a Canadian losing, team. Yeah. So uh, okay, and the last one, Calgary and Vegas. Mm, that one doesn't really interest me. I, I agree. I'm I'm surprised that we kind of agree on a lot of these, but I I don't know why it doesn't interest me, but it doesn't. And I think the Vegas story is just not doing it for me anymore. I since they fired Gerard Gallant yeah, and Flurry hasn't been as good, so now they're bringing they brought in the new goalie, and they're just uh, it's just not quite the same yeah, there anymore. I like Leonard's story. I'd like to see him do good. I'd like to see Vegas win a cup, but I'm, I'm not bored. happy with what you did to Gerard Gallant. Yeah, like. You lost some goodwill with one member of the post post team. Two. All right. With the host. Shunned. <laughs> um, okay. So that's it for, for silly playoff matchups. And I just want to talk a little bit about the last two weeks and points. Now, no, I want you to look at my screen here. I can't read that anyways. It's okay. so small. So the top five. I'm not going to make guess the top five, but. In points? Yeah. Like unless overall? You, unless you want to, yeah. In the past two weeks. Oh, I don't know. Two weeks. I okay. don't follow trends like that. First McDavid, 15. Oh, players. I thought you were talking about teams. Oh, did I say teams? I meant players. Sorry. Okay. Maybe you didn't. Maybe that's just assuming. So um, Drysdale's got to be there too. Drysdale's 13 points. Um, hmm, yeah. they're, they're one and two. Uh, third is Zibanejad. Yep. Because he's a goal scoring <laughs> machine. I think he's got 39 goals now or something like 12 that. 12 points. 11 of those are goals. So he's got 11 he goals. Five, and, we should have talked about that a little bit. Maybe maybe we'll talk about that sometime. He had five goals in one night. Yeah. 6-5 win for the Rangers. And he had five of those goals and the overtime winner. And he was... Shout out to Mika Zibanejad. I think his plus minus was zero. Was zero. <laughs> he said it's the first time someone's ever scored five goals and not been a positive on the yeah. plus minus. Um, 11 goals in seven games. Do you know what shooting percentage is at in the last two weeks? It's got to be amazing. 36.7%. I was going to guess 40. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, and fifth is Nugent Hopkins. That that would surprise me actually. He, well, he he was on the line with McDavid and Drysaddle for a while, but the, I think the last time I watched Edmonton, which was last night, the lines were different than the mm-hmm. previous time I watched Edmonton. So I think they're doing some swapping. Um, the name that really surprised me in this list is fourth, Kevin Fiala. Really, twelve points. Really amazing. I love Kevin Fiala. So mm. good job. Happy to see him here. The last thing I have on my list is Mark Bergevin, and. I could talk, I, I mean, I could really probably make an in-depth video that's 20 to 30 minutes long. I just want to quickly say how disappointed I am with the Montreal Canadiens. And here, here, here's where we stand. Domi's an RFA. Weiss is a UFA. Evans is an RFA. I'm not worried about him. They'll lock him down. Houdon is an RFA. Uh, Folan, uh, UFA. And Ouellet, RFA. There's some other decisions to be made as well. But Montreal's 14 picks in the 2020 draft. Nine of those are in the top four and then 10 picks in the 2021 draft. You have Carey Price, who's 32. He needs to s- decide whether he wants to end his career as a Luongo or as a player that moves on somewhere else and wins a cup because it's not going to happen in Montreal. He's 32. He has to decide. He could, and there's teams out there who could take advantage of a, of a Carey Price. There are teams that were built really well up front and lack consistent good goaltending but do they have the 10 million to take them on colorado does and especially if the cap goes up next year that could that could be what a team needs look at the front end in colorado you bring in a carry price there 
Look what happened the last time that the Colorado Avalanche brought. He might look good in that Colorado jersey. He too. certainly would. <laughs> He's his chance of winning a cup in Colorado is tenfold over Montreal. Not that I've ever seen a Montreal goalie go to Colorado before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, your number one center. Do you know who? Do you know who the number one center is on Montreal? <laughs> no, Philip No. And that's because you got lucky. Now, here's the thing. Mark Bergevin has won the majority of the trades that he's made, which is impressive. But he's on he's approaching year nine of a five year plan. The team is is worse than what it was when he took over. Um, They are the definition of mediocre. They don't have a number one center. They don't have a star uh, score or you know, superstar up front. He has to do something in the offseason. If he sits back and does and has an average offseason, he will be fired. How much cap space does Montreal have right a now? A lot. They still have it, eh? So he, he still hasn't spent it. Yep. And the cap's going up. Like, he has room to do something extremely bold. He has the assets to send out to bring someone in or to, after the draft is announced, and we know this, the the pick order he has the opportunity he doesn't have and i'm not sure he has the opportunity but he has the ability to put together a package to get a number one overall pick to get lafonier i'm not saying that's what he should do but if he doesn't do something bold you have to fire him how do you not how do you not and it doesn't even matter if he's won all the trades and he's done a good job just to change it up and have someone come in and do something bold because right now there's some players in the league who just don't want to play in the Montreal for for the Montreal Canadiens or live in Montreal or so. Do you think he's tried to pick up players, but he's had a hard time because yes of attracting them to that market? Yes, absolutely. So he basically needs to get players through trade. Yes, I, AKA or, or draft people them. that have no move clauses because chances are if they do, they may not want to go there. Yeah, I I legitimately believe believe from both sides that Carey Price should request a trade specifically to a team that he wants to go to, whether it's Colorado or Carolina, or regardless of where he wants to go. That would help him. It would help Montreal relieve the $10 million you're paying him. So Montreal already has like... It's eight ele- or something like that? Or? It was eight, and then it was... Tw- it was it, it's in between eight and 12. I don't know exactly what it is. But then you had another 10 on top of that, so that's, we'll say 20 million. And then the cap's going up. So it goes up like four. So you have twenty four million. So twenty four million dollars. You have to, you obviously you have to do some resigning stuff with Domi and, or to make other decisions, but you're probably going to be left over with between twelve and fifteen million dollars. The Montreal Canadiens cannot let twelve or fifteen million dollars sit there. While you have teams like Arizona and all these other teams just go moving up the amount of money that they are spending on players and trying to be competitive, that's unacceptable. So, do you want Montreal to go for it next year, or do you want them to be? building towards the future next year. They need to decide either one way. Either you go for it, you bring some guys in, and you just see what you can do with Carey Price, or you do a total rebuild. This Band-Aid stuff for the past 15 years or 20 years ain't cutting it. And Montreal fans are sick of it, and ticket prices, or not ticket prices, ticket sales are way down in Montreal. It's an issue. Really? It's, it's, It's an issue. That's what I like about Montreal fans is they will speak with their wallets, and they'll boo you. They will boo you. Yeah. That's another reason why players you, don't want to They will let you know how they are feeling. <laughs> yeah. So. Even if it's not necessarily justified. Yeah. Anyways, frustrating, but uh, I expect, I do expect Bergeron to be pretty busy this offseason because he has to be. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, he will lose his job. So He's already shown complete confidence in bringing Julian back next year. Yep. Claude Julian's coming back, which I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, 
he called out uh, Kakanyemi recently in the in the media, saying that his he questioned his work ethic. I just don't think that's a smart thing to do for a lot of reasons. Number one, you're saying something to a player in your organization that could have been said behind closed doors. Number two, you're calling him out to other GMs, which if they were interested in Kakanyemi, they're mm-hmm. probably not now because. Yeah. So you're pro- even if you wanted to get rid it of it hurts him, the market. Yeah, it hurts the market. And number two, you're sending a message to the other players in the league that if I go there and maybe if I have an issue or have a problem, whatever, am I going to be called out by the GM mm-hmm. publicly? So if you're just hurting yourself, you're just making yourself look a little silly. And they sent him down to the HL where he got hurt, I yeah. believe, too. So <laughs> yeah. all around, not a good situation. For no, him. not a good situation. But uh, yeah, that's all the notes I have for okay. today. The last thing I have, it's just nothing. It's just a small thing. Everyone probably knows about it by now. So Johnny Boychuk got that skate to the face. Yeah. And he got 90 stitches to his eyelid by a plastic surgeon. Like that's... That's gruesome. So um, and Larry Morella said he's going to be all right, um, but it's just going to take time before his eye naturally feels normal to open and close again, which is just... Uh, it, it's one of those situations that you can't, you can't say like, should we impl- implement a new piece of equipment? It was just a freak accident. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do. Well, it's not a, a kick to the chest or a, 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 it's know, just, a wrist. I think it's another a, example of the visor rising because I mean, if your visor was down to your nose, how does a skate blade get in there? Like, I think it came up from because b- it almost, below looked, it and almost it pushed it up. Looked, yeah, that's probably what it was. So I don't even know if, I mean, if we transition to full face masks. That's not going to fly for. Do you think if the chin straps were tight, it wouldn't have allowed that to pull up? Because when it went to pull up, it would have pulled on the chin strap and it would have kept the helmet there and just would have bounced off the. the oh, I think of- that's been an issue for so many different <laughs> yeah. angles for for a while now. Yeah. So Boychuk said he felt the blade get his eye, like he he felt like it went into his eye, but it was just the eyelid. <laughs> so he was pretty lucky. Um, <sighs> makes me really uncomfortable. So, but he was a good sport about it. He put out a tweet on social media saying sorry for the late response but my facial recognition <laughs> yeah. wasn't working i thought that was great it was I'm fantastic a huge boy chuck fan because he used to play for boston he was with boston when they won the cup so yep. anyway that ends page five of my notes so that's about all we got to say for this one i think that that's was it. decent that's it so i'll let you shut this one down oh snap okay guys thanks so much for listening and watching i really appreciate it regardless if you are listening on uh itunes or google play if you could leave us a review that would be incredible and if you're a video viewer and you only watch the video version of this. If you have an Apple iPhone or, or if you have an iPhone or, iPhone or a phone in general and you have the ability to download our podcast but don't listen to it audibly, it really helps uh, or boost our uh, download numbers as well. So even if you watch on YouTube, just do us the favor and also download the podcasts uh, to your phone as well because that really helps us because as we try to get sponsorships for podcasts and stuff, they care more about podcast downloads than they do about Mm-hmm. video views it's on almost YouTube. like the youtube stuff doesn't really matter yeah so yeah so we're trying to boost boost our auto our um audio downloads a little trying bit trying to boost everything trying to boost everything yeah just trying to yeah. grow so um yeah you guys are i've been awesome uh, recently lots of comments lots of uh positivity so yeah keep that up i really appreciate it i uh, hope you're watching lots of hockey make sure you go over to uh, my channel post post productions and uh, subscribe over there we are wrapping up the um, Ultimate Hockey Logo March Madness Brackets. Today, the final four video releases uh, may have already been released by the time you hear this or will be re- releasing imminently. Mm. So uh, go check that out if you haven't already. Really happy to wrap up that series and, and get it out there. I think it was it was a fun series to make and I think it was a fun series to watch based on all the positive comments that have come in. 
And uh, I think Jason's working on, on a little bit of a blooper reel, so you yeah. can probably expect that. Um, for any of you members over on my channel, if you're a, if you signed up to be a member through YouTube on the Post Post Productions channel, you will see a blooper reel coming out pretty soon. So, Jason, thanks for putting that together. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching. We appreciate you. Uh, subscribe if you're not. So we're also really trying to grow this YouTube channel, the Post Post Podcast channel. So, yeah, come on aboard, and we'll catch you next week for episode 102. Adios.